Welcome to the Pointing It Out podcast. I am Megan Holmes here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am Melissa McLeod at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We have been Needlepoint besties for a number of years now, and we love talking about all things Needlepoint. It's true. And whether we're talking about our friends in the industry or chatting about tips and tricks that we've learned over the years, we are just here to keep you company while you stitch. For the visual version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube at Pointing It Out Podcast. Hi! Hi Now we're recording. (laughs) I'm a needle pointer. I'm not a tech girl. Me neither. And you've learned, though, a lot. Absolutely. Well, we'll get into that. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. I'm sure everyone knows who you are, but... Um, for those who don't, obviously, this is the infamous Laura Taylor, and we're so glad to have you. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting you for the first time in Ohio. I was trying to remember when that was, when you taught that six years ago, maybe? Six or seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to remember that. So I shouldn't confess my sins, but um, here's the gorgeous canvas that we did. And you'll see there's nothing touched since six years ago. Oh but my I gosh. love the class. I love to take classes to learn things. I love this piece. I will get back to it. It just hasn't had its day in the sun yet. So Well, I hope it's coming because it's a really beautiful piece. You want to finish that one. I will. I will. And it's on 13 Mesh. So once I actually like get it out of the closet, which I did, so it'll probably motivate me just that alone. So. Yeah. I hope so. And now I've been taking classes with you on Zoom. So look at that. Six years, how the... Times have changed, right? That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think everyone really loves to know like how people started stitching and how stitching came into your life. Well, you know, it's funny because you mentioned that you were going to ask that question. And I honestly am not sure exactly how it happened. But I do recall I was a Girl Scout and loved it. Um, And I think I learned a lot about embroidery and cross-stitch in Girl Scouts. And I know I used to show what I was working on to my grandmother and she was very, very encouraging and always said, you know, the back has to look as neat as the front and things like that, which was really interesting because my grandmother had very, very limited vision. Oh, but she's, I know, but she still encouraged me. But what I really remember um, happening is we used to go every day to the local bakery to get fresh rolls for my father. And when we were in that bakery, I guess my mom kind of didn't want to hear me saying, can I have this cookie or that cookie? And she'd say, go next door, go next door. Well, next door happened to be a needle workshop. And what I really remember, and I bet a lot of your, your viewers remember this too, there was a dimensions canvas. It was the head of a baby tiger that had the most vibrant green eyes you can ever imagine. And I fell in love with this tiger and had to have it. So I guess I saved my allowance money. I bought that and taught myself to needlepoint. And, how and at that time, um, well, uh, 10, 11, maybe. Um, yeah, it was, it was really good. But at the time, there were no stitch books. And, you know, the old crutchety ladies in the store were not going to sit down and show me anything. Besides, at the time, all they did was actually half cross stitch. Not, not continental even, but half cross. Don't want to give my age away, but nobody but, says that about me, that I'm the old crotchety lady that wouldn't help. <laughs> no, no, I, no one would ever say that about you. But so I, I taught myself and I kept buying more and more kits and learned how to stitch my own way. 
consequently, I'm not, I'm definitely self-taught. You know, I don't know all the needlepoint rules and regulations, but I always say there's no needlepoint police. I just and, finished that canvas. I don't okay. know if you watch our, our Instagram page, but I just finished it. The no needlepoint okay. police allowed. Well, I think I need that one. Definitely. You know, and um, so I've learned how to needlepoint mostly by doing, by trial and error. And it's worked. That's amazing. So have you, have you always stitched or like did you stitch for a while and then it kind of went on hiatus and then came back like when you were younger? Well, that's a really good question. My entire life went on hiatus um, when I became a mom, which oh, was... You, um, mean, you know we have twins in common, right? I know. That's so funny. Now, do you have other kids as well? I do. I have, a th I have three. So I had the twins first and then my third yeah. herself, Me who too. Way, was about three, kept asking when her twin was coming. Oh. <laughs> um, wow. So I had it in, in what I will say is the right order in that mm -hmm. it's really easy to have one after you've had two and having two first, you don't really know how hard it is because it's all you know. Well, right. It was all I knew. I became pregnant with my twins a month after I got married. Oh, Lordy. So, I mean, my stuff wasn't even moved into the house yet. And then we we're having twins. Um, but, you know, I felt like it was easier to have them because they had each other to play with. Yeah. So I was kind of happy it worked out that way. Yeah. Um, but when they were young and when they were, you know, really, really little, I was kind of spending all my time trying to get my home together, take care of my babies, figure out how to put two spoons in the mouth at one time and that kind of thing. So my stitching my quilting, my everything that I did kind of sat for a while. And, um, you know, then as they kind of, well, first of all, I had another baby three years later. Oh, I had my, like my youngest son. Yeah, mine are four years apart. Right. So my life was really full. And then they started school and I became the, um, you know, the room mom and that kind of thing and sewing all the class quilts and that sort of stuff. But in terms of needlepoint, it sat. And I remember very distinctly when it came back into my life because every Tuesday I went with a group of moms to the beach. We took all the kids and helped each other corral them. Mm -hmm. And some of them were talking about their needlepoint class. And I'll never forget just saying, you do what? You go to a needlepoint class? Really? And you spend money on that? And I was one of those people. The one who said, why would you go to class? It's right. in one hole and out the other. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, they said, just come, just try it. Drink the water. And, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't just go to class and try it. I went to class every day. I went to several shops and took a lot of classes, you know, and kind of went nuts and blossomed into myself again. Oh my gosh. You know? that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And now, did you have a did you have another career in amongst all of that? Oh, that's such a funny question. You know, um, I made some notes about that question. I grew up with parents who were um, well, my dad was a lot older and my parents felt you go to school, you get your high school degree, diploma, you know, and maybe you go to community college and then you become a teacher or something until you get married and have children. Okay. And I had some friends whose parents still yeah. kind of brought them up that way. Right. Well, if my mother were still here, she wouldn't be saying that today. I guarantee you that. But I grew up thinking that's what I wanted to do. And I did. You know, I wanted to, I knew that I wanted to get married, have a family. I wanted to grow my own food, which I do. She do. Now. 
And, and I wanted to have a home that was welcoming and had an open door policy for all of my family and my friends and their families. Nice. Those were my goals in life. And you know what? Knock on wood, I've made that happen. But in terms of a career, I wasn't thinking along those lines. Okay. I had many, many jobs along the way. I was a licensed manicurist. Did mm -hmm. that with some friends during college. I worked in the animation business. Um, worked with um, Dr. Seuss and the people really? at Marvel and um, Frizz Freeling, who created Yosemite Sam, if you know that character. Um, I worked in the engineering and land use arena, which is where I met my husband. Wow. Um, and then I had my kids and everything kind of stopped for a while. Well, I have but to say, I had a career, but it wasn't nearly as interesting as what you did. So I think you made the right choice. <laughs> well, I did a lot of really fun, cool things. Yeah, okay. for sure. But here's what's really interesting. When my, so my twins were two, my, I don't want to give my husband's age away, but he was having a special birthday and I decided I'm going to have this big birthday party for him and I'm going to do all the catering myself. I'm going to do all the food myself. Okay. With, with twin two-year-olds. Okay. Well, that that um, led to me starting a catering business. And that's important because number one, the catering was called uh, Great Beginnings and Endings. So I did appetizers, I did desserts, but what I especially um, loved to do was the big long like eight foot tables filled with crudite and cheese and crackers like Martha Stewart did, okay? okay. And um, that's what I specialized in. That was a little interesting to do, blanching all those vegetables and stuff and juggling two-year-olds and all that kind of thing. Um, but the point is, I learned then that I love creating businesses and I love building them. And so I did that until Andrew was born. And Andrew's my youngest son, obviously. And then decided, okay, the catering's got to kind of uh, taper back a bit because I just didn't have that many hours. Right. But what that led to was party planning, personalizing party favors. Remember all the party favors your kids would get with the, the bubble letters and all that. I was doing all that stuff. Um, and so I redesigned what I was doing and went in that direction. Um, and then in 1994, we here in Southern California had a rather big earthquake. And we had to move out of our house. We moved in with my parents and um, I was trying to run. I, well, let me back up. I should say we moved in with my parents who my kids had their own apartment downstairs. So it wasn't really bad. This was not a hardship right. and it was great for my parents. It was great for my kids. Um, but I was still running my business out of my parents' house. I went to the LA gift show and something happened there that just changed my life. And that was, um, there were some stationary vendors there. And there was someone who had this calligraphy machine. Now you have to envision a really old machine with this arm. I don't know if you can see my arm doing this, but it kind of, it had an actual pen, a nib and, and everything. And it would go uh, 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 and create letters. And I fell in love with this machine. Um, my dad was a mechanical genius. And so I guess I acquired that from him. I don't know. Um, but I fell in love with this machine, came running home saying, I have to do this. I have to do it. And so there I go creating a new business. And Laura Taylor's stationery was born. 
So you need to revamp your first comment, which was, I didn't have a career. You are an entrepreneur. <laughs> that, well, you're right. You are a career entrepreneur. So they have, right. de- they have de- whole degrees in that now, which I'm kind of like, I didn't really think that was a degree. I thought that oh, really? was like a, a being, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny. That's just something I do. Right. And I love it. But it gets better. Okay. So I did stationary for almost 20 years until it got to the point where the first thing people would say is how much do you discount? And when that kind of came around, I decided to change my focus. But while I was doing stationary, I was also taking needlepoint classes. Okay. And uh, there I am in my needlepoint class. I won't say what shop I was in at the time sitting there stitching and the teacher and the owner of the shop had an argument, a very loud argument. Yikes. And the teacher stormed out. And so the owner of the shop comes up to all of us sitting at the table and she says, well, I guess I need a new needlepoint teacher now. And you don't. <laughs> I did. I said, I'll do it. Okay. I love it. I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but she said, okay. So um, I started teaching. And then a short while after, Wendy, who owned Aristea until she passed um, seven or eight years ago, I think seven, um, came to me and said, you know what? I'd love to have you teach here. And that was a really wonderful, exciting thing. But something else really exciting happened during that. And I should have told you this story first. Uh, There I am. Having, I have this stationary business, so social stationary, invitations, you know, weddings, bar and bat for that kind of thing, and personalized note cards and stuff, which I still really, really love. And if I had more time, I would do that too. Um, so I was doing that. I was part of a women's networking organization where it was all women who had home-based businesses, and we were all trying to help each other grow, grow the businesses grow as people, become confident business owners, that kind of thing. And um, it was in a, an organization led by this woman who, I forget what her business was, doesn't really matter. But she absconded with all the money that we paid to join her organization. And she went to the Caribbean and, and posted pictures of this on Facebook and left us all high and dry. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we're like, well, what about us? Well, we knew our chapter um, knew it was a really great group of women. We knew we wanted to continue to help each other out. So I jumped in and said, well, I guess I'll own a women's networking organization. So, <laughs> so I did that too. And that was called our common thread. So mm-hmm. somewhere there's those parallels and, and connections in my life between threads and all the different things that I do. And I had that organization um, actually until I started to travel to teach needlepoint and then it just got to be too much and we decided to um, disband. So wow. you asked about my career and that's kind of it. Way more interesting <laughs> than mine. <laughs> See, I don't think it's all that interesting. I'm laughing at myself. I think it's fascinating. I, I tease my daughter all the time. She was uh, one summer, she was an intern for a men's upscale underwear designer and I'm like you're gonna have a great story when you're in your 40s and 50s because I have nothing that interesting to tell oh then make something up 
embroider something for yourself. I, I counted um, large cash deposits three stories below ground in the vault of a bank in Detroit, but that's about yep. as good as it gets. So. Okay, but that's exciting. <laughs> I, I think that's neat. <laughs> oh, well, that is absolutely fascinating. So you, we kind of covered how you went from being a hobbyist to a professional because you are just yeah. the one who keeps saying, me, me, me. Why, me, me. I don't know why. Some oh, people so how, say, many years, how many years ago was that that you started teaching? I have been teaching at Aristea for 19 years. I wow. teach the classes on Thursdays. Um, I have a morning session and an afternoon session, and then I teach private lessons there. And for many years, I, I also worked in the shop, which was really, really valuable. Not only did I get to know all the threads and right. get to know the designers better, but it just gave me a much better view of everything that was possible in Needlepoint. Right. You know, but it, it also allowed me to learn more and to not be afraid to make choices and make decisions. Right. about stitches and about threads well and how lucky they are to have had you for that long what a dream oh, thank you yeah. well i feel really lucky to have them it, it's really a great team of people uh, um and then so you've you've evolved from just being the little tiny shop teacher just a little bit to traveling teacher to planning trips to now your most recent evolution so tell us a little bit about all that Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, about, I guess, six or seven years ago, I decided I wanted to work more. I wanted to teach more. And um, I wanted to meet more stitchers. Um, and there's another teacher at Aristea who teaches Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and she's been there a really, really long time. So there, there weren't any more time slots for me to teach. So I decided, well, if I want to meet more people, and I'd like to see some other parts of the world besides sunny Southern California, which I truly love. <laughs> um, I'm going to take myself on the road. And um, so I decided to do that. I had a couple of very good friends um, who helped me pick out some projects to work up for class models. And one former shop owner, can I say names and stuff? Sure. Colleen Church, from, who owned the Needleworks in Austin, um, helped me a great deal in learning how to work this CAD program that I draw my stitch guides on. Ah. Talk about a different language. You know, I'm not a techie. I'm not a computer person. And she, we would talk on the phone and email each other, and she helped me learn how to do that. Um, and um, I taught there in Austin and then decided, okay, I'm going to contact some other shop owners and see about um, having them invite me to teach. Right. And quite honestly, that was the most frightening, scariest thing I've ever done. Those cold calls, you know, and saying, hi, I'm Laura Taylor. And I'm like, who? Right. And say, I'd like to come teach for you. Would, would that work? Sure. Oh, and you'll pay me for this? Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, who was doing who a favor? I don't know. Right. right. Um, but it was, it was frightening to put myself on the line like that. So how did you kind of get your name out there? Did you, like, were you already going to market with the shops? You'd met some shop owners uh, from going to markets or? I, I had met a couple. That's a really good question. I met, I met a couple. Had met, is that even grammatically correct? I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, I, I knew a couple shop owners. I knew a couple of designers. But honestly, the way I made it happen was by making those phone calls. 
Right, and for right. the most part, shop owners were very receptive. Uh, there was one who said, you know, let me look at your website and I'll get back to you. And she called me a week later and she said, I will never hire you. I can't believe I'm saying this and telling you and all your audience this. But she said, I will never hire you. And I was really taken aback. And I could have said, oh, please tell me why. Right, but there was right. no way I was going to open myself up to that. So I just said, oh, okay, well, thank you for your consideration. And if you ever change your mind, please let me know. And have they changed yeah. their mind? No. And since then, I've been to her shop. And I'm going to say I'm really glad she made that decision. Well, you know, and learning that everybody's not a good fit for you right, is an important right. thing to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but honestly, this was really cool. I was t uh, teaching a piece. It was called Flower Market from Sundance. Mm -hmm. It's hanging here on my dining room wall. By the way, we are here in my dining Zoom. Um, that's what I, my house has become. Yeah. Um, I was teaching Flower Market and someone who owned another shop saw it because of Facebook posts. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got off the plane when I got back home, she had sent me three or four messages saying, I want to be your East Coast connection. I want you to come here and teach this. And it was a word of mouth kind of thing. Right. I, I'm really, really lucky. So I must have met you in person probably mm -hmm. fairly soon after you started yes. going on the road. Yes. Wow, you I know, know I was so lucky. There's that time. I know. And now it's funny because look at you. You are, you were a pretty quiet class participant, you know, and now look at you. You own a shop and you're, you've got a podcast. This well, I say when I go to other, and I think at the time I was working here, I didn't own the shop. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and so whenever I go somewhere to someone else's shop, I'm always very quiet because I don't want to be that person who's like, well, at my store, like no shop owner really wants to hear that in that environment. You know Agreed. what I mean? So, Agreed. Uh, although That's I do remember I was, I was taking my, um, you, you, we were working with Sundance beads and I took my scissors out and, you know, they have that little hole in the top of the bead and I took my scissors and I did this and no, cause that's how I, I work them out slowly instead of taking yeah. the top off. And you, I, of course didn't know you you're like wait stop show everyone that and I'm like what <laughs> like, I had no idea like what I was doing was so amazing and you're like I've never seen anyone do it like that before that's so smart and I went left thinking teacher complimented me like I was <laughs> you made me show everyone how I opened my beads so yes and I remember that clearly and now okay. certain scissors will break the lid but oh, you had just the right scissors, and that, that was a good lesson for me. Yeah, that was a fun class. I met Lisa Ruche in that class, mm -hmm. and I drove over to um, the other shop, and I met Jill Elia, and of course, I met the lovely people at What's the Point, so it was, it was great. And Cheryl Timko, who I'm sure many of us know from Facebook, I met her there. Had I been to a class with her before? I'd been to a class with her before, because we stayed at the same hotel and drove back and forth together, so it was just, this whole, my point being, this is just such a lovely community, like we all are so fortunate to make the connections we do, so. I have to agree with you 100%. And the Needlepoint community is unlike any other. You know, I've been in a lot of industries and things like oh, that. Oh, you've said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These stitchers, oh my gosh, to know anyone who is a Needlepointer is truly a gift for every one of us. Yes, for sure. 
It is great. And so now then you took your kind of traveling teaching to becoming like the travel guide too, correct? Yeah, yeah I did. Us, that's probably a little bit cold right now, but okay. there were some glory days and there'll be glory days again. There will, there definitely will be again. And I will tell you about that. Um, I started the stitch and sightsee trips because there were places I wanted to go. And I knew I couldn't just say, hey, family, I want to go to Tuscany. Or, hey, family, I want to go to Maui. But if I combine it with a needlepoint thing so that I'm working, you know, and there's some sightseeing and there's some lounging on the beach or, or going well, and eating pasta. I'm married to a tax attorney. I totally oh. get what you're saying. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay. So I combined them. And, and remember, I was a party planner many years ago. I loved, I, I still love, I shouldn't put that in the past tense. I love planning parties. I used to say my mom and I would make up holidays. We celebrate anything in our family because we like to have parties. And I'm not a social butterfly, but I like to put on events. I like to plan them. I like to welcome people. I like to make them feel that they are the most important guest in my home. Um, so I love putting on events. So I'm like, oh, I get to plan an event in some foreign place and I get to teach needlepoint, which I absolutely love. And I get to bring a bunch of people who, who I want to get to be friends with. This sounds pretty darn good, right? Right. So my first stitch and sightsee trip actually was to Tuscany and it wasn't without its challenges and problems and mistakes. And it was a fabulous trip. Well, good. Well, absolutely fabulous. It's kind of just like a wedding where like you probably knew like the mistakes, but mm -hmm. nobody else probably noticed. So, well, in this case, people noticed, for instance, my boxes of supplies were held by customs oh. for several days <laughs> and we had to pool our resources to get them out, to pay, to get them released. And, yes. but you know what we, and those ladies were just the best. And I hope they're all listening and they can hear me say this because huh. it worked out really, really great. We had a fantastic trip. Sadly, the return to Tuscany was planned for next March. Right. And that's not going to happen. But we've had several stitch and sightsee trips um, since then. Uh, and one for this August to Whitefish, Montana has been rescheduled for August 25th to 30th or 31st, I can't remember, of 2021. Nice. And um, we will return to Whitefish, Montana, which is fantastic. We The lodge there, number one, treats us as if we're family and better. Uh, they take really good care of us. We always um, get to enjoy some local color, whether we're going to uh, a rodeo or um, a local uh, ranch and we get to spend some time with the horses and the sheep and all that kind of stuff or, or have a barbecue or, you know, we find all kinds of great stuff to do. We do a boat ride on Whitefish Lake. So I want to show you the canvas we're going to be working on then. Oh, yay. Because I have it right here. It's only partially stitched, but I want to show this to you. This is also on my website. Yes. I've you can see it. parts of it. This Boy. is called Autumn Leaves. It's by Brenda Stoft. It's on 13 Mesh got great big stitches and it's gorgeous the jewel tones i'll show you again the jewel tones in this are just fantastic I, I just love it so this is the piece we're going to be stitching in montana next august um 
And I encourage everybody who can to sign up and come because it's an amazing trip. We, um, we relax, we eat well, we do a lot of stitching. Our classroom overlooks the lake. Uh, we will do a half day tour of Glacier National Park. Um, it's, it's an amazing trip. So that's, that's the Stitch and Sightsee trip. Um, I have done the rolling stitch party and shop crawls with Elizabeth from Needlepoint now. Um, now that the world has changed, I'm not sure when we're going to be able to do another one of those. Right. But those have been really, really fun too. So, well, yeah, those are, I'll tell you, that's on my bucket list. Someday when I'm not working a gazillion hours a week, um, right. I'll treat myself to something. You should. It should be on your bucket list. It's pretty wonderful. For sure, for sure. Yes. So now, of course, you're just teaching from your home. Yes. So I know, um, as I've said, I was, I've been fortunate enough to be in one of your classes, which has been a nice treat for me, especially I started doing it when I was working by myself. My family was away and it was my only way to feel like I wasn't alone on the planet, basically. <laughs> so it was great. Um, and, but I know you had said it was kind of like, a, okay, now's the time. You've been toying with it for a while and the world kind of forced you forced you to really do it. Yep. You're, you're right. And, um, first of all, I'm really glad that it was so meaningful for you besides the stitching that we did. I'm just really glad that we filled that void in your life at the time. And I hope when things, you know, calm down and you get to do your personal stitching again, that you'll come back to the class because we loved having you. Um, you know, we were, we were all in class three months ago and, and in shops. And my calendar for this year was very, very full with travels to different shops. I mean, it, it was a packed year. And then all of a sudden, it was, no, you have to stay home. You know, so the stitchers were kind of, you know, uh, paralyzed a little bit going, but who's going to help me with stitches? And how do I know what thread do I use? Yeah. And I was kind of going how am I going to pay for all my shoes if I can't teach and work? So, so, you know, um, my sons had been hounding me for years saying, mom, you need to be online teaching. This is just kind of the next way in the next step in right. your career. You should be doing this. And I had all these reasons for not doing it. Um, but my reasons were all fear. Oh, you know, I, I one, hear you because my daughter, who's one of the twins has been, driving me crazy because she's a big knitter. And so there's a lot of really great knitting yeah. podcasts. And so she'd been saying for like three years, you need to do a podcast. You need to do a podcast. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Look at me now. I know. Look at you. <laughs> and she's going, told you so. But it was you all know. because it was really scary, especially for those of us who maybe aren't 25 anymore and have didn't grow up with technology in our back pocket. You know, I mean. But isn't it fun to learn? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know what? I was so afraid of the technology. You know, I'm, I was agonizing over how do I do this and am I going to break it kind of thing. And um, I, find, I take great pride in learning the technology, whether it's my drawing program or being able to do Zoom now and show my videos and things like that on Zoom or record my stitches. I, I'm proud of myself for that now. But so... I was afraid of the technology. I was afraid of knowing how to do the business end of it, which granted is not my strength. I'd rather be teaching. I'd rather be communicating with people um, than, than doing the business part um, some of the time. Um, 
so I wrote notes and now I can't even see them. So I'll just go, I'll just go from wing it, whatever, whatever comes. Um, you know, I was afraid that I couldn't make eye contact with the stitchers. And I felt like that's what set me apart as a teacher was the way I really want to connect with each class participant. I was worried I wouldn't be able to do that. And I was mostly afraid that people wouldn't come. Well, guess what? Yeah. You've got a way to bet, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I was wrong. Knock on wood again. I was wrong on all accounts. And what I love, have to go off on Zoom for a second here and just say, you know, in the classes, if you've got, I keep my classes to eight, maybe nine people, because I think that gives everybody a great experience and lots of teaching time. And when you start out on Zoom, you see the lines between each person on that grid. And what is really fascinating to me is week one of the class, when it's all new people, um, you know, you see those lines and everybody's very quiet and polite and nobody interrupts anybody. And week (laughs) two, somebody go, oh, let me see your canvas. And by line, uh, uh, week three, you see those lines are starting to blur and people are, are chatting and maybe telling a joke or something. And then by week four, you don't even see those lines. Right. It feels like we're all in the same room. And I love that. I love that about Zoom. And that's just when it begins. And then most people have signed up to, you know, for repeated sessions. I think I've only had one person who's only done it once. You know, and then she had to go take care of a family member or something like that. So people keep coming and it becomes like family. And you're thinking, I'm worried I'm not making eye contact with you. Well, right. you know, it, that, that's just not the case at all, is it? Yeah. So as long as I can teach that way and see that when the light goes off in your eye and I see that aha moment, as long as I can teach and see that, I will continue to teach on Zoom. And I think it's an amazing platform. Yes. And I'm thrilled that I did it. Right. Well, I, I can say personally, I am too, because I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm in a very fortunate position that for me, taking a class from a national teacher usually is a time issue. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I don't really, to be honest, spend money on anything but needlepoint. Like it's my, you know, we all have our little things. Like mm-hmm. I don't buy shoes, but I right. buy needlepoint. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, there's times in my life I could have afforded to do something, but I couldn't afford the time away Correct. because of family obligations or whatnot. And so I'm like, here, oh my gosh, I can take another class with Laura, who I haven't had a class with in six years, and now I can do it because all I have to do is send her an email. Like Exactly, which is cool. Yeah, and you know what? You could get out that bunny piece and bring it to class and we could get it finished. Oh, I, I just have to get out the stitch guide because your stitch guides are amazing. I mean, oh, thank you. I, I, of course, would probably get more out of it if we revisited it, but I t- take pretty good notes and you have a great yeah. stitch guide. So I'm sure all I have to do is actually get it out. Okay, good. <laughs> then I want to see it done. Oh, it done. that's pressure. I know. Okay. Sorry. I'll put that on the list. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Well, yeah, no, I think it's been great. I love that so many people now have access to phenomenal teaching. Um, and I've, I've referred people to you because I teach a lot in my own shop. Um, we have between knitting and needlepoint, I think 10 classes a week and I teach three of them. Um, but unfortunately now trying to run a business and try to find time for the new skill set that you've referred to I'm just, it hasn't happened. So I keep saying, well, I can send you a couple of great places. So yeah, 
Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, so you're doing a fabulous job. So Thank still appreciate you. it. So, so no, you have no idea what when leaving your house begins. Obviously, right? Are you have you postponed all your away classes, or where does that stand? Well, that's a that's a good question. And let me back up by saying the Zoom classes from home are going to continue, even even when the world is completely reopened and it's safe for us all to go out. This yeah. will continue because I love this and I love being able to see people. I wouldn't otherwise get to see except for maybe at market once a year or something like that. Um, the traveling will um, commence when it's safe to do that. And honestly, when it's safe to get on an airplane. Right. So that means I will start traveling more the local shops, the shops that I can drive to. I love to get into tomato bug, put the top down and, and drive for long periods of time. So, um, you know, those shops in California, maybe even Arizona, when, when I can, I'll get to those first. Right. Um, I will be resuming some private lessons at Aristea on Thursdays, hopefully in July, assuming everything keeps moving forward and, and we're safe. Right. Um, and then we're going to have to take the rest, you know, one shop and one weekend at a time and just make sure everybody is going to be safe and healthy and that everybody's going to have a great experience too, right. you know, um, so your, your trips that you had planned, you've delayed your Montana trip and then yes. the other, or the, your other trips just kind of in your head at the, this point anyways? Yeah, they were, they were in my head. Italy was planned for next, I think I said March, but actually I meant May and um, <laughs> it was planned for next May. So that's going to be on hold. Uh, I don't know when that's going to happen. Italy is not ready for us and we're not ready to go there. So, but it will happen again. Um, so what I'm doing instead, um, you know, I've got the Montana trip next year. And then what I'm going to be doing is some really great um, events on Zoom in addition to the weekly classes. So do we have time? Can I tell you a little about those? I'd love it. If you have oh. time, yeah. Okay, great. I, yes, class doesn't start for a few more minutes. So I have a couple of canvases um, that I'm going to be offering as virtual classes on Zoom. Is this, the, is this the first announcement of these? I knew you wanted to scoop. Well, the scoop is coming. I'm building up to the scoop. Okay, good. I'll try to be patient. Okay. So one of them is a canvas that one of the ladies is working on in my class. And I'm sad to say I don't have that canvas because I'm waiting for it to come from the painting service, just like everybody else. Yeah. But so I've got a couple things planned for Zoom classes. As soon as I have the canvases that I know they're available and that all the materials are available, I will be able to announce dates, cost, that kind of thing. And the way the classes are going to be run is everybody's going to buy their materials through their favorite needlepoint shop. The, hey, okay. you love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I'm, I'm not a retailer, and I'm not, I don't want to step on any toes, and I'm really careful about that. So the only thing that will come from me is the stitch guide and my time teaching right. on Zoom. Um, so I've, we've got to get all those details together so I can tell you about the projects. I just can't tell you specifics right now, but I can say each of these pieces will probably be done in three parts. Um, so that you'll do some stitching, you'll get, you'll have instruction, you'll do some stitching, you'll have time to gather some questions, pose some questions during the class, pose some more questions on a private Facebook group. Then we'll have another class. 
Nice. And so I think it'll encourage people to actually get things done. <clears throat> Excuse me, done. <clears throat> Hold on, sip really quick. So one of the things I'll be doing on Zoom is the technique classes that I started teaching a few years ago in the shops, which are called Themes and Schemes for Amazing Needlepoint. And each one is a half-day class that um, is focused on a particular theme. So here's an easy one. This first one will be called Your Abundant Flower Garden, and it will be a class all about flowers. Will it be all silk ribbon? No, but there will definitely be silk ribbon. And these are kind of like notebook classes. They're not a pretty canvas that you're going to frame or make up into a pillow. This is technique. This is how to learn those different things. So themes and schemes will be coming to Zoom. That's number one. Um, and then we have, this is one I announced before, but it's I asked you about this one before. Oh, no, not quite. Yes, I did ask okay. you about this one. Yes, this is the Raymond Crawford Santa and his red truck. This will be one of the classes that I will do on Zoom. This will be, um, we're going to do it in season. So it's going to be around the holidays that we start stitching that one. And, well, um, and as just, a shop owner, I was thinking about this before, because I think when, I, when you announced that, that was prior, long before. Yes. And so yes. I was already in my head like, Laura's going to do this. I can get the group here so we can have that group experience Play. with Laura Taylor wherever she is in California or whatever. So, and hopefully, you know, it'll be a situation where they're still, it's, it will, will be in a healthy enough state mm -hmm. with our, with our state that yes. um, we can still have a group in the shop and do it yes. all together and have you on a big screen Mac and. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I'll, I'll get new shoes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, you know what? I think it's so cool that you're thinking along those lines. Thank you for that. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly what I want to have happen. The other piece, and I've got several in the queue that I'm thinking about, but the other one that I know definitely will happen, and I'm hoping for early fall, again, it's when I get a canvas and I can put it all together. Um, this one, I can't tell you what it is because I don't actually have my canvas, but it's a Penny McLeod piece. It's called Borders, which is um, not very descriptive. But I can tell you, if you look at the Penny McLeod designs, uh, it's PM 1042, and it's a really great floral with um, kind of um, a Mackenzie Childs border going on. Love it. It's very fun. It's a great kitchen piece. I can see it as a tray if somebody wanted to do it. It would be, it, it's really, really fun. Um, so that will be another class on Zoom in the near future, and I'm working on those details as we go. Um, but now I know this is what you're really waiting for. So let me just grab this. You guys, anyone who's watching this, you are the very first to see this stitched model. I'm going to tell you, I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember the canvas number, and I'm going to apologize right now to Melissa Shirley for not remembering the number. Um, but I'm going to tell you the stitch guide is now available, but I am hoping that the type of class situation you were talking about. I'm hoping we can get a lot of people working on this one, either from home or from shops as a group while we do this together. And this is, you are the very first to see. Tell me if you can see it, because I can't see where I am. Yes, I, I think I, think I knew that you were going to do it, but I haven't seen the stitched model. It is great. Right, this is it. This is the first time you're seeing it. So. This is Melissa's Seaside Bench. 
and it's got a lot of really great features on it. It's got some silk ribbon roses. I think they're down here and here. Yeah. I'm behind it, so I can't really see. We've got some stump work flowers over here. Yeah. We've got some trapunto in this shell and also the pillow up here. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know? And we've got all kinds of fun embellishments up in the wreath that's on the bench right up there. Oh, amazing. You know, and, and then some um, other appliques. So we've got a whole lot going on in here. Can you, you guys can see it all right, right? Oh, yep, it's gorgeous. Okay, gorgeous. I don't know what you're seeing because it's in front of my face. So okay. I'm putting now it down. Now you're halfway to the bottom, but you were just taking it away. So oh, that's it. yes, I'm oh. taking it away. Putting it away. Beautiful, Laura. It's such a thank I, you. Melissa's such a talent. I'm, I'm happy to be in this um, industry and share a name with her. Not that yeah. you know, I, I have any of that talent, but it's like, or there's a Melissa McLeod who you probably know too. That's a needlepoint artist, and people always think, oh, I love your canvas. I'm like, no, it's not me. But Melissa's right. a pretty good name to have. <laughs> Just say thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. So you've got a lot on your plate, Missy. I do. I love to keep creating things. And I'm one of those people where if I love something, it's like, I have to jump in and do it, you know, and I make myself a little nuts doing that, you know, and, and put a lot of pressure on myself, but I don't want to miss out on something fabulous. Right. So, oh, so I keep jumping in. Well, yay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you have anything else exciting to tell us. I, I'm just watching the time a little bit because I know you said you had a class. and I don't. Yes, I have a class in, in 12 minutes, so I'm, I do have to get going. But, yeah, I want to tell you, number one, I've got a website that has my teaching schedule, such as it is, on it. It's got a lot of the stitch guides I have available, but not all of them because I just don't get them on there fast enough. Um, and it's got a link for my newsletter. What were you going to say? Laura? Is that it's needlepointwithlaurataylor.com. Okay. Okay. I have a newsletter that goes out. So if you'd like to get it, just send me an email. And um, you can, so to send me an email, the easiest thing is to go on my, on my website and send it to me. Um, let's see. What else did I want that I absolutely have to tell you? Um, I'm looking. So I've got the newsletter. I've got the, my website. On, on my website are the stitch guides. If you ever want to order a stitch guide, you can just email me. I don't have a click kind of, uh, what do you call it? Not a grocery cart, a uh, shopping cart, shopping right. cart. I don't have that because you know what? I like getting the emails and having people say hi, you know, and, and getting to know people that way. So I still do it the old fashioned way. And um, there's just so many ways for us to stay connected and keep doing this. So I hope every one of you will, will participate somehow. Um, can, and I want to end, Melissa, well, I'm going to show you something at the very end, but I really want to say um, a really great congratulations to everybody who is participating in this new way of gathering and accessing needlepoint information and who's been brave enough to figure out what zoom is and how to use YouTube and watch a podcast and all that kind of stuff. I am so impressed with the needle pointers who will not be stopped, not even by coronavirus, you know, and, and they'll keep doing it. So I, I applaud them. I applaud every one of you shop owners who has had to reinvent your business on a weekly basis, practically, as this all changes. <laughs> I've become very flexible. I, flexible is not something that I would have described myself as um, 
a year ago. So right, I know, I know, and I'm I'm just really excited to be a part of that. I'm I'm thrilled that the designers are hanging in there, and everybody is just participating in holding us together. For sure, and I love that. Yes, and I'm just going to bend down and get something to show you. Oh, okay. Because somebody asked. Oh, you know what shoes I'm wearing today, <laughs> and here they are. What's on them? Are they just fun little decor? They're little kind of nautical things. There's a seashell. Notice oh. the seaside bench and the coat. Okay. Oh, they're dark. Okay, so okay, we've got yes. kind of a, a what is that? A sea urchin or a yeah. coral yes. and a shell and uh, so cute. there's a starfish under there. Darling. So it's going on a theme. I love it. I love so it. I just wanted to show you. You're so sweet. Well, good. Well, I can't thank you enough for spending time with us. I've learned so many. Fa I thought I knew you pretty well, and I learned lots of fascinating things. Oh, my about gosh. You. Give me a few years, and I'll have all kinds of other stories to tell you. Well, we I didn't even talk about tomatoes, so we'll have to do that another time. I, I had that on my list, too, and we, I, I was too enamored with all the other careers along the way. Uh -huh. the, the entrepreneur who never had a career yeah. with Wink, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I'm going to be back to class with you when, when my life slows down a little bit. Too. I, well, you know what? I don't want your life to slow down, but I want you to have time to enjoy Needlepoint again. Oh, so it, it needs so, to slow down a little bit, but it'll yeah. get there. It'll get there. Okay. Well, good. I look forward to that. And thank you so much for listening to my story and for I love being it. interested. I've loved every minute of it, Laura. So thank you so much. Thank you. I hope to see okay. you soon. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Putting It Out podcast is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, please visit us on Instagram at Pointing It Out Podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pointing It Out Podcast. Shop online at Needlepoint Clubhouse by visiting stlneedlepoint.com and follow us on Instagram at stlneedlepoint. And visit the Wool and the Floss online shop at woolfloss.com and follow at Wool and the Floss on Instagram as well.